This is another episode of Media Camp, episode number 76, and I'm here with the VP of Marketing, Tyler Lessert. Tyler, great to have you on the show. Hey, thank you very much, Sergey. It's great to be here. Tell me about, I'm not gonna ask you about the video just before we started rolling, but I wanna ask you about your setup. I think you bought this video switchboard. Tell me about that. Yeah, you know, uh, as somebody who's in this video tech ecosystem, uh, I've started to really appreciate how important it is that we all recognize that, hey, if we're working from home now and into the future, which most of us are, our home offices are effectively evolving into home video studios because, you know, I'm on Zoom calls probably three, four hours a day. I'm recording and sending custom videos using Vidyard, um, you know, all throughout my day. And, you know, I want to make sure that I feel confident, feel comfortable in front of the camera. So that's my mindset now is like my home office is part video studio, uh, you know, part uh, get shit done office. And as such, I've set myself up uh, to be to be nice and comfortable and to be able to, to use video effectively. So I've got my ring light. I've got a loom cube light that's, you know, helping with both lighting me and lighting my background. I've set up for those of you listening, um, I've set up my... Uh, my, my scene behind me so that it's a little bit interesting on camera and feels good. I've got a decent webcam. Uh, I've got my Yeti mic. All of these things make me a lot more confident. Um, and I'm also using a tool now called Ecamm Live, which allows me to switch in, you know, other forms of media into my, uh, my webcam so I can pop up a stat, I can pop up a slide, I can pop up a picture of David Hasselhoff if I need to, <laughs> should the mood strike me and uh things like that so i it, like it, it goes back to my early days as a wannabe dj i'm like this is actually kind of fun <laughs> i can almost produce live content here and it's for my work so it's been interesting i've seen so, so these 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 switchboards is basically like a like a little box with physical buttons and then you can control a bunch of different things i, I don't know how many podcasters slash video people actually use them but i've seen them in action they're really really useful like you could go from one window, from Zoom to another screen and do all of these things? Yeah, so one of the, the, the physical tools I'm using is called a Stream Deck. Uh, it's made by Elgato. And the Stream Deck is basically a simple little physical unit and it has, mine has 15 buttons on it. And you connect it to your, over USB to your, your, your desktop. And you can, uh, first of all, assign lots of different things, uh, keyboard shortcuts, application launchers and things to all the different keys and you can customize the logos. So I can just with one press of a button, I can launch Zoom with another press, I can launch my browser window, things like that. But more importantly is it also plugs into even tools like Zoom where I now just have physical buttons at my disposal where I can mute and unmute, I can change my camera, um, I can uh, share my screen or not, and not have to be scrolling around with my mouse and clicking on the screen. And when it's a physical button, set of buttons in front of you, you don't even need to look at it where you can start to do that kind of switching. And then if you're using a tool like Ecamm Live, you can actually program in different overlays, different scenes, again, different camera views um, into different Again, buttons. So in real time, I could pop up a lower third with my name on it. I could pop up the Vidyard logo. So it's actually, again, I think uh, it, it, I found it to be quite fun and quite liberating. It took a little bit to get used to. Uh, but again, now I feel like I'm almost a live video broadcaster and I'm just doing it myself. And I, I think it's something that all of us could start to start to get used to as we look ahead at this future of business. 
Uh, when I saw that post that you had on LinkedIn, I immediately thought, you know what, I probably should get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you actually have a reason to first. Um, I mean, it is just kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to use. It only costs a few, two, you know, two to $300. So it's not, you know, it doesn't break the bank, but, um, but also I know people who have gotten it and then it just sat there and collected dust after the first week where it was like a fun novelty. So for me, because I do a lot of live webinars and presentations as well, um, you know, as well as of course, you know, Zoom meetings and recorded videos, I'm getting a ton of use out of it. And it's, um, it's interesting because it also, even with live webinars, it starts to move away from, you've got these static slides and then your face in the corner where you can start to do more dynamic things. A lot and more, make yeah. it feel a lot more like a live presentation than, um, you know, just a, a PowerPoint delivered remotely. And, and that's where I'm trying to get to. And I think a lot of people are trying to get to is, you know, how do we make this virtual world, um, you know, get back to it being more interesting, more fun, more engaging, um, so that we can just have these kinds of experiences that really get us going. And you still, and you would use OBS for all of the overlays, all of the controls, right? Oh, you could absolutely use OBS. Um, so I, I mentioned I use a, a product called Ecamm Live, which is another tool that's similar to OBS. Um, it's a paid tool. It's a little bit easier to use. And um, I think it's got a lot of really great functionality. OBS is free to use. It's a little bit more complicated and cumbersome, um, but a lot more powerful once you get used to it. So there's a few different tools out there like that that you can plug these things into and then use as a virtual webcam that plug right back out into a tool like Zoom. So yeah, it's super interesting and, and fun to be thinking about this as just, you know, a, a way of doing business now. That's a great point. That's a great, that's a very advanced setup. I haven't really come across a lot of people who do it. That's why I was like, that. I got to yeah. explore it more. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about this video that you recently did and you shared in one of your Zoom meetings. Tell us, that's, that's so cool. Tell us about the story. Well, well, sure. So, you know, just before this, uh, the last couple of days, uh, I had mentioned we are running a virtual event in a few weeks, uh, at least the time of recording here. Uh, it's called Fast Forward, and it's run by the team here at Vidyard. So if you want to go out there and Google Vidyard Fast Forward, you'll find that virtual event. We can actually edit now, it in the show notes. Uh, Tyler, perfect. you can actually say what link that they need to go to, and we can add it. Fantastic. So, um, so yeah, please feel free to, to check it out. And it's a virtual event about um, the new world of virtual selling and how sales reps and sales teams can be embracing video, very meta for this conversation, of course, uh, to be more effective sellers. And, you know, I was looking for some fun ways to get the word out, to promote the event. We did our usual, like producing a promo video that, you know, had some motion graphics and things like that. Um, but I recently used a service called Cameo, which some of you may be familiar with. Um, for one of my friend's birthdays where um, you can go on there and you can pay a small amount or a big amount, depending, uh, for a celebrity, an athlete, a musician, or so on, uh, to record you a custom video that's usually 30 to 60 seconds long um, that you can use for whatever purpose. So recently, a friend of mine was turning 40 and I got one of his favorite musicians who was on Cameo I paid a couple hundred dollars for them to make a happy birthday video for him to wish him a happy 40th birthday. And I sent that to him and his reaction was just through the roof. He couldn't believe it. Um, he thought this was the coolest thing ever. He shared it out on his socials and it was a really great experience. And, you know, for who, me, I'm who like, did you wow. get? Who did you get? Um, so my, uh, so my friend is a, uh, has, has long time been a hip hop uh, fan and he's actually a hip hop MC himself. 
And so I got one of his favorite MCs from, uh, from many moons ago, which was uh, Redman. Um, and uh, so for those of you who, who know Redman, he, uh, he was an amazing rapper, um, but also a really great like personality. He's like very energetic. And I actually checked down a few different options. There were, you know, some guys from the Wu-Tang Clan, there was oh, Flava yeah. Flav, and I watched some of their sample videos online. Um, there's Ice Cube, and, and I watched some of their videos, and some of them were just, they were pretty simple, like their videos where they just turn on the camera, and it's like, hey, Sergey, it's Ice Cube here, happy birthday, hope you're well, right? And it was kind of like, that's okay. But then I watched some of Redman's sample videos, and he's like turning on the camera, he's smiling, he's like mixing in beats, he's making rhymes as he's doing it. And I could tell he was really putting his all into it. So I used him and he did a fantastic job. And part of it, which is also, I think us marketers and sellers can learn from is like how much you put your own personality, your energy, those sorts of things into your videos. So he did a fantastic job, my buddy loved it. And uh, again, so fast forward to today and uh, we were promoting our virtual event and I went back onto Cameo and I found that the one and only David Hasselhoff was on Cameo. And I could get a video recording from him saying whatever I really wanted him to say for $300. Now, some people may think $300 for like a 30 second video, come on, really? Um, and to that I say, you know, I'd pay more if I had to hire a producer to make it for me. And uh, so I got a 30 second video from David Hasselhoff saying something like, you know, the world of sales is changing. You know, whether you sell software or life jackets or drive a self-driving self uh, 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 self talking car, you know, sales is hard. Um, and if you're ready for it though, you have to embrace video just like I am. Um, so sign up for Fast Forward today and he does a much better job. So uh, hopefully we can again share a link to that and you can go watch it. But it's a really funny video of David Hasselhoff. He's got his shirt unbuttoned, his chest hair is coming out. You know, it's, it's very cheeky. And, and uh, so I got that video and I shared it on LinkedIn and with the context saying, you know, when the Hoff says do something, you do it. You know, I want to encourage you all to sign up for this amazing virtual event, Fast Forward. And, you know, I posted that a couple of days ago and I'm over 23,000 views on that LinkedIn post, which is probably my most successful LinkedIn post I've ever done. And it was because of a $300 video with the one and only David Hasselhoff that, you know, people found funny. And that's, you know, a little bit of entertainment goes such a long way, whether you're marketing, selling, getting out on social, those sorts of things can really work well. You know, you know why you were telling me all of this, I remembered, I actually have seen the video before jumping on this call on this interview. Yeah. And I my first reaction was I'm scrolling. I'm like, why the hell David actually talks about sales? Like, <laughs> and I was interested. I, I was curious. This right. was video. It literally just popped. Right. Yeah. And it's not something you expect to see on LinkedIn, right? It's something you expect to see like when you're on Instagram or something, right? Like it's but, but, but part of that is all about, you know, it's back to this idea sort of generally as marketers and sellers of pattern disruption, right? Like how do we, how do we disrupt the status quo with something that's, you know, make somebody pause and go, well, wait a minute, what, what is happening there? Like how, wait a minute. And whether it's, you know, for example, sales reps sending videos and emails now, that's a pattern disrupt technique where, you know, prospects are getting hundreds of crappy emails every day. And then all of a sudden they see an email with a video in it and somebody smiling and waving and they go, Oh wait, this is different. Right. And even forcing that pause 
and that person to take notice has such a difference. You know, we can talk about that in marketing too, whether using video or other content formats or social media, how do we get creative, disrupt the standard patterns, make people pause and think, why is this happening right here? Or I totally can relate to that, or I know who that is, but I don't. So those are the things that honestly, right now, it's so hard to stand out that we got to do stuff like this. And so true. (laughs) Some people I've, I did have one response to it. That was like a negative response. That was, is this what the world of marketing and sales is coming to? And I'm like, unfortunately it is ladies and gentlemen, but Hey, it works. And the best part is it made a lot of people actually pause and laugh and, you know, have a, have a, have a good response to it, which we can all use today. Anyways. It was brilliant. It absolutely was so brilliant. It was so fresh out of the box. I don't think, I really, really doubt a lot of people from B2B companies especially have ever even thought about doing it. How did you pick David? Like, what was the thought process of picking the right person against the event and against the brand? It's a good question. So um, I did, you know, I, I, I have thought about it. And what I found was, you know, after I signed up on Cameo's website for the first video that I got, um, I now I'm on their email list. So I get frequent updates of like, who's new on Cameo? And um, what I've always kind of kept an eye out for is individuals that are generally well known enough that, you know, that, that most people will recognize them because they're frankly, if you go to cameo and, you know, you search through all the different celebrities and such, there's a lot of very niche celebrities that only a small percentage of the population will recognize. Right. And, and that can be difficult if you share something like that and 80% of the people aren't in on the joke, then it can fall flat. So I was, you know, keeping an eye out for people who had, you know, wide mainstream appeal and, you know, Sad but true, David Hasselhoff seems to be known by just about everybody. Even my kids know him as the guy in the SpongeBob movie who rushes them to shore. Uh, So he's very well known. Um, He's somebody who generally has a bit of a kind of a fun, almost satirical uh, feel to him. You know, he's in lots of memes and things like that. So again, given that the video was meant to be a little bit satirical and cheeky, having somebody who actually lines up to that persona wise, you know, I thought was really important. And um, that, that was kind of where I started. And then again, when I, when I thought, oh, David Hasselhoff, I made a note when I saw that he was on there, I'm like, I might want to use him someday. And then again, I went and actually checked some of his sample videos to make sure that I thought he would do a good job with it. And that I wasn't just going to get somebody like holding up a script and reading it and going through the motions. So those were kind of, you know, where I felt. And then I just rolled the dice, to be honest. And I, I thought it was 50-50. I might get something I can use. I might not. And I might, you know, it might be a few hundred dollars blown, but sometimes you got to take that risk. That is, that is such an interesting approach, especially considering that you haven't, you probably have done zero editing. You just probably uploaded the video file you got straight directly on LinkedIn. What about the script? Like, so you have, let's say you find the right person you want to use for Cameo, then you write, uh, you write a script. How do you make sure that the script is matches 30 seconds to 60 seconds? How do you do that? Yeah, well, this is also difficult because, um, again, I feel like we're, we're like we're on a pitch for Cameo now, which is perfectly <laughs> fine with me because I love the service. Um, but when you go on to Cameo and you request a, a video from a celebrity, uh, you're limited to a, you know, a small text box of, I think it's a maximum like 256 characters. It's like a tweet that you can put you know, directions of what you want them to say. So that makes it very difficult because it's really not a lot of space. And so if you just want them to wish somebody a happy birthday, which is what most people use it for, it's really easy, right? It's like, 
you know, please wish Sergey a happy birthday. He's a huge Baywatch fan and, you know, he's turning 30, right? And then Hasselhoff will go off and do a perfect, you know, can't believe you're turning 30, da, 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 da. But the, when you're asking him to like do something specific, like, you know, promote a, an event, you have to be very specific. And I iterated on my copy in there, you know, probably for 20 minutes trying to get it just right to say, cause I didn't script it. I also, you know, didn't expect him to be reading it word by word. Um, so I just, I had to get the right points in there. Um, but, but I did obviously give direction and I specifically wanted him to say, you know, the world of, you know, sales is changing in this virtual world. I really wanted that as my first line because that's the, the core of our event. Yeah. So I did script that out and said, you know, please say, you know, the world of sales is changing in this, or sales is changing in this virtual world. Um, you know, whether you sell software like jackets or drive a talking car, right? So I kind of scripted that part and then I indicated, and then, you know, please encourage people to attend fast forward. And uh, so I did my best to give that direction. And I like, you know, I like the analogy. I like, yeah. I like the analogy of the talking car, obviously that, 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 <laughs> yeah. that, that works very well, but so let's talk about the video and, and more, more in line with what companies or B2B companies use video for. Yeah. I think we, we talked a little bit about it with you and you said, obviously that the folks already have moved on or the industry moved on from explainer videos. Everybody had them in 2017, sure. 2016, all those uh, weird animated videos. It's still some, they yep. still have some use, but sure. now we are onto another type of videos where, what formats do you think? that we are now on to in terms of marketing and sales? Yeah, well, it's a great question. And there's quite a bit happening, to be honest. And the big, the big fundamental change that's happened across the board is that video has, A, become just hyper accessible, that it's easier to create than ever. But also, um, audiences' expectations have changed. And we don't expect videos to always be you know, high-end productions, uh, you know, that are, that are super scripted and produced and so on, right? We've, you know, we're, we're at a point now where people who have grown up on, you know, YouTube culture, now that we're all on Zoom calls, we're not hiding behind our backgrounds, we're embracing the environments that we're in. All these things are now kind of opening up video to be used in so many different ways. Uh, when you talk about, you know, I can, I can go through the whole kind of funnel or buyer's journey and think about ways people are now using video. And if you start at the very top, you know, the yes, like advertising and promotion, a little bit of brand entertainment, which is kind of what I'm talking about with things like a David Hasselhoff cameo video. It was really part entertainment, part promo. But we're also then seeing a lot of people using it for just educational content, thought leadership content. A lot of businesses that have traditionally been writing blogs or producing eBooks and using those as ways to educate audiences and drive inbound traffic are now complementing that with video content that again teaches people that's helpful that's that's interesting and useful but they're explaining topics in a video-based format sometimes it's just a talking head sometimes it's somebody in front of a chalkboard or a whiteboard sometimes it's something that's slightly produced that has some motion graphics and so on so we're seeing it used there to educate audiences right at the top of the funnel we're seeing it used to create more self-service buying experiences. So when somebody lands on your website, it's not just the explainer to quickly and clearly explain within two minutes what the heck you actually do and the problems you solve, but then to move people through and say, well, are you interested in learning more? 
And instead of saying, talk to sales to learn more, right, which people just don't want to do ever, but especially now, then it's like, well, if you're a product company, how about watch an on-demand demo, right? And people are gravitating towards that kind of stuff. They say, great, I'm, if I can fill out a form to watch your on-demand demos and see exactly what you do, I'm in. Like, that's easy for me. It's friction-free. It's what I expect, you know, as somebody who now binges on Netflix all the time, right? So it's using it to create those kinds of on-demand experiences to learn about businesses. And, and again, as marketers, focusing there and saying, how can I help you learn about a topic, learn about what we do and how we do things. And while I'm doing it, use the power of video to introduce our people, right? Like create that level of transparency and authenticity. So it has all of those side benefits if you do it right, of creating a more emotional connection, of having your people on camera, and uh, I think creating a more emotional bond with your audience. And, and, and I think that stuff is really, really important. How do you think about, or what formats do you think are really going forward are very they're like looking into the future and what i mean by that and let's say we have a demo video and the demo video a lot of them would be just an on-screen recording of some yeah. person just explaining the software which is fine and it works yeah. and it uh, there's absolutely time and place for that but maybe there's an other different more engaging way for this type of format or mm -hmm. similarly for a webinar maybe there's a different yep. way you you're thinking about the webinar maybe it's a mini series or yep. something else just was curious to to hear from you like are there any other uh, approaches that you've seen or you're thinking about yeah there are, there are a few things that i'm seeing out there one is when you go back to that really sort of top of funnel thought leadership content i'm seeing a lot of businesses both in b2b and b2c investing in branded video series almost like you know, they've got a lot of them are also doing podcast series as an audio format. And then again, doing sort of branded video series and, you know, having it almost having some of it episodic. So they're doing, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, doesn't matter necessarily what the frequency is, but by creating a branded series, they create the halo effect of this kind of higher level brand about what this, this is about. It's usually not about the company. So for example, you know, here at Vidyard, uh, we have branded series called, um, you know, Video Chalk Talks. We have our Creating Connections series, which is an interview-based series um, talking to experts and others about how businesses are creating more human connections with prospects in the digital age. Uh, we've got another series called Video in Focus, uh, another series called Video Island, which is, you know, for producers. So those are, you know, things that I'm seeing a lot more people do. And video is again, giving them this new way to bring their content to life. It's much richer than again, a blog or an ebook. And I think that's pretty interesting. And people are seeing success with that both on YouTube as well as on their own website and in their own marketing campaigns. Um, so that's one interesting thing that I've noted. The second is uh, more kind of interactive content, if you will. And, and the demo videos are a great example of that. I am seeing more and more people that are investing in creating, you know, richer experiences there where maybe you are a product company and you have a fairly sophisticated solution, right? Maybe you're a software company and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that you offer in your, in your products and having kind of an interactive series of videos that again, let people self-select uh, what they want to binge on. So you watch the overview, you know, video, which then is a, maybe a choose your own adventure. And then you can click on, what do you want to dive into next? And you have three options. Do you want to learn about our feature A, B or C, right? And you can click on one as it's playing, you may be able to click on interactive elements to choose, Hey, I want to dive deeper into this. 
And so those kinds of experiences are starting to happen. And I get really excited about that as well, because for the audience, it gives them a really great consumption experience. Like A, it's because of its video, it's visual. I can learn it more quickly. I see things, right? It's, it's a different way of learning and a much richer way of learning. But because it's also interactive and kind of customizable, I can like get the biggest bang for my buck, right? I can, I can do exactly the path that I wanna do to learn about what's interesting to me. And I'm not forced to watch a 30 minute demo. I can watch a series of like micro demos that I choose my own path and I'm probably done in 10 minutes because I know exactly what I'm most interested in. That's such um, a smart so approach. A, yeah, it's so like, as it's a like, viewer, it's really impactful. It's basically mimics YouTube rec recommendation engine or Facebook recommendation yeah. engine where you see one thing and then oftentimes they're, now they're scary good where they would recommend a video you right. really, you almost don't want to see because <laughs> now you're gonna be sucked into this thing for another hour. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, and so I think it's, it is almost that of like, Yep, here's our recommended options. And now, yes, yeah, start to allow you to, to self-select down this path. And what's also interesting though, as marketers, if you set things up correctly, you can track behind the scenes, what are they actually choosing to watch, right? Much like exactly as you said, YouTube does in the consumer world. And based on all the things you're clicking, the algorithms keep churning and keep going, oh, okay, they're interested in this. And, and right, they keep building intelligence about you. Um, for better or worse. But in the business world, right, if you're on my website and I now offer you, hey, watch this introductory video. And then at the end you click and say, yeah, now I wanna watch more about this product. And at the end of that, you go, oh, now I wanna watch about this product. I can track if I have my system set up properly and know you watch this video and you watched it all the way to the end. You watch this video, but you bailed after 10 seconds. And then you watch these two videos for a total of 10 minutes. Right. So I can get very detailed engagement data on what those people are doing and use those to fuel my, you know, lead qualification, um, flip people over to sales faster because I know what they're engaging with. Or I can use it to personalize our follow up and put them into a specific nurture because I know they engaged in content about products A, C and F, but they ignored stuff about products B, D and E or whatever it happens to be. Right. So a lot of power there, both a better experience for the audience, more data for the marketer, and hopefully it's a win-win. We just all got to get over this hump of like, how do we create that content and use it? Because today a lot of people just, just find it um, intimidating and they don't really know how to do it right. Do you think, uh, Tyler, do you think there's a, there's a, there's a place for adding or exploring entertainment in bottom of the funnel type content like demos, like product overviews, or it would be very difficult to find the right alignment for the audience versus top yeah. of the funnel? So what I see right now, which is very encouraging, is it's less about entertainment, but it's more about personality, right? And making the content more kind of more human, more interesting, um, creating more of a connection as you go further into the funnel. So sometimes it borders on entertainment because you're kind of using the content to also build a relationship and create kind of a culture with, with your audience. And so you're not, you know, companies are moving away from taking themselves really seriously to now, again, being a little bit more human and personal. And that can manifest itself in a number of ways, right? It can be, again, if you have a series of demo videos that are pretty bottom of funnel, 
the old world was these were like these like scripted sometimes they're animated they're very like prescriptive you know da 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 if you have a voiceover you know it's a you know it's it, it's it, you know there's probably not a lot of personality and energy to it it's it's very informational right it's like very informational whereas now what a lot more people are doing are like hey it's Tyler from Vidyard here thanks so much for checking out our demos I actually am part of the marketing team here and I'm going to show you the first thing that gets me the most excited, let's hop right into it, right? And then it's like, they're into it. And then every once in a while it's like pausing and then they're like cutting and it's like, right. did you see right. that? Like, that was pretty cool, right? Like, so they're, they're, they're talking like humans, they're using intonation, they're using real people in real language, trying not to stuff them full of acronyms. And that sort of experience, I think just people more and more gravitate towards and they walk away feeling, wow, I learned a lot. And wow, these are people I'd love to do business with, right? And I think that's the really important thing and the opportunity with video over other forms of medium, because you can put that personality out there. You can put that energy, you can put that brand into it and have some fun with it. So that gets me excited that we're moving in that direction of more personality and more authenticity uh, and more character in our content further down the funnel. And if you think about adoption of video of other companies, will you say one of the biggest barriers is I don't know how to do it. It will take a lot of time. Production would be terrible. Let's just put another blog post. Would that it, be it one certainly of the is. Theories? It certainly is. Yeah, I think for everybody still, even those that are doing it well, you know, still, it's still not part of most companies or teams DNA to be creating video content in a similar breath to writing a blog post or writing an email, right? So a lot of people do still find that as a roadblock and it's either it's going to be, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive and it's hard. So we're only going to do it for really highly important things. And it's usually expensive because they're going to outsource it to an agency because they don't have the in-house skills to do it. Right. Um, and, and, and that's, that's fine. It is a reality for some people. And then others, again, they may have some in-house talent, but they may also then fall short because they're like, Oh, our person in-house, they're okay, but they can't do motion graphics. So we can't do this style. And so there are a lot of barriers people hit. And what I'm finding right now, though, businesses of all sizes, big and small, are starting to do more and more video content in-house. They have, you know, people in their content team, their social team, um, their comms team, whatever it happens to be, that either are getting adept at creating and sharing videos. Again, they don't have to be necessarily high production value. They can do basic editing and things like that. You know, or they are hiring in, a dedicated producer. And that individual, again, is responsible for creating a lot of this content, putting the professional polish on it, and also guiding the video strategy. Much like a few years ago, businesses started hiring in-house writers and in-house graphic designers, and years before that, in-house PR people, right? Those, those were things that all used to be outsourced to agencies, and now content and messaging became a core part of how we market. So those things came in house. And I really believe the same is happening with video where if you're not able to go, yep, we've got a campaign going out. Should a video, would a video help us tell that story? Oh, totally. Okay. Let's do it. Right. If you're like, oh yes, it would, but you know, that's just, it's not going to cut it in the future. And I think people that have in-house video skills, it's going to be such a game changer for how they create content for both marketing and sales. For people who are still uh, don't, believe that b2c is going to merge with b2b that's <laughs> the, i think that that's a great answer yeah it's all it's all h to h folks it's all human to human <laughs> right or p to p people to people 
um, you know, again, yeah, B2B is, is, has gone to person to person, human to human, you know, like you wouldn't believe. And I think that's what now makes it feel a lot more like it is B2C. Um, and I think, again, we all just have to adapt to that and say, you know, people in our personal lives influence our business lives so much that if we're binging on hours and hours of Netflix videos, on YouTube videos, if we're recording and sending videos in our personal lives, my 13 year old daughter makes videos every day using TikTok, <laughs> right? And yet, you know, our 30 year old salesperson over here can't figure out how to record and send a video to a customer. That's a problem, right? That's a problem. And we've got to fix that. And we've got to say, I'm not talking about getting our sales rep to do a TikTok video. I'm just talking about getting them to hit record, record a 30 second video and send it to a client, right? Those sorts of things are really easy now. Most people just don't know it. They just don't know that there are tools to do it. They're not sure how to get started with it. And we got to get over that as an industry and just start moving forward on this. But it's the mindset, isn't it? It's it's the mindset of, hey, you know, I'm just going to record the video. I'm going to maybe think through certain ideas before I do it. Let me review other cool content creators. And I think like TikTok, it is an amazing practice platform. It's right. where you actually, every sales rep should be on TikTok. <laughs> should, and, and the reason why I'm saying it is because, it. you know, it's like you're at the forefront front of innovation like when the, right. when the 13 year old does the video they will do the coolest <laughs> things that in 15 years will trickle down to the b2b and you'll be doing it today i love it i love it i think that's the takeaway quote uh from this episode is 30 year old sales reps should be on tiktok uh, i love it i think it's a totally brilliant mindset um and there, there's other things that people can be doing right like what you're doing right now right what you and i are doing we're on video, we're also on audio, and we're creating content, right? And we, you know, again, I'm sure for you, the first few times you tried to record a Zoom call, figure out how to edit it, do this, oh, yeah. it probably felt like a nightmare and you were like, <laughs> I don't know. But then the fifth time, the sixth time, the 20th time, right? It's like bread and butter. And you're like, great, yep, done here, go, boom, done, right? Like you, you get used to it, practice makes perfect. Um, and it's the same of like recording and sending a custom video the first video you make is always your worst. And the last video you make is always your best, right? It's like, you just always get better. Yeah, but I think, and it's so true, like the number of times, and I have started doing videos for YouTube, which is a lot more, a lot harder than, than obviously Zoom. The amount yeah. of times I felt like I have no idea what I'm doing is unbelievable. <laughs> One thing, I, it's, it's incredible. I, I'm sitting down and I have no idea how to do it. But what actually kept me going was, it's the purpose, it's the knowing that it is such an, it's if the communication yeah. is such a, such a critical skill, video communication is an incredibly important skill. And I think it's really yeah. underrated, but it will become so important. Folks who can do video well, talk on video, talk on audio. And for that reason, it with that, again, back to mindset, I think yeah. it actually helps you to, let's do it again. And then over time, you're like, well, that's not that actually hard. You watch a tutorial on YouTube and it becomes easier. Yeah, totally. And you're absolutely right. It's if you believe that this is a skill set you're going to need for the future of business, then start investing now. Right. And it, again, it's not to say like, oh, you have to suddenly become a video producer and you got to go out and buy a $2,000 camera and you've got to create your own YouTube channel. Like that's not what we're talking about. Right. It's you've got to start to take those steps of saying, yep, I'm going to actively, you know, capture video content. I'm going to start trying some basic editing tools, right? Like 
create a little, and then you can do some of it at home too, right? Yeah. I found a lot of people that have done that. And, and, and I challenge people on, our, on my team as well. I'm like, hey guys, you all have Macs. You've got iMovie. You know, sometime over the next month, I want you to make a movie trailer using one of their templates uh, for like something fun in your life. Like just be, be ridiculous, right? Like make a movie trailer for, you know, your, your, your six month in, uh, in quarantine, right? And make it a horror movie, like have some fun with it. And, you know, just go through the process and sure, it's going to take a little bit of time, but you're going to walk away from it, you know, pretty confident that, oh crap, actually I can do this. And, you know, these tools aren't as intimidating as they used to be by any means. Oh no. And, you know, again, my, I mentioned my 13 year old daughter makes TikTok videos. My 11 year old son makes iMovies with his friends. They record <laughs> scenes, they write scripts, they like edit it on their iPad and like they put lower thirds in, they put like, you know, intros, they cut a trailer for it. And I'm like, this is brilliant. You guys are gonna be ready for the business world. Um, you're ahead of me with what you're doing, but honestly you can do it. And to your point, it's just a mindset of like, you know, committing yourself and saying, yep, you know what? This is something I gotta do. And, but the, but the really nice thing, this is one of those things mm. that I think for most people can actually become fun doing it. It's not one of those where you're like, for some people, maybe it's like, a, oh, I hate this. And now you're forcing yourself. It's actually quite liberating and quite fun once you start to get uh, okay with it and, and, and look to do that to, to kind of find a passion with it. I would say one other thing that is really important that helped me a lot and it helps me a lot is watching other good creators. Like mm -hmm. you need to, you sometimes you just need to see the concepts, what's possible because right. you start, you sit down to write something. You feel like I have no idea. Like, I, I, like what do I do? Like how do I record myself at the next to the blank wall? But you, right. you see other people having this concept uh, and you ideally watch it for fun, maybe vlogs. And then you, it's, it's interesting when you're in, at your leisure time, these things start kind of coming back and you're like, oh, I can actually record a video for this prospect in this way. And then you, you have some material to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And like create your own, um, you know, swipe file as, as yeah. some might call it of, you know, when you are like online watching somebody's explainer video or you're watching a video interview somebody did or whatnot. Um, if you're like, hey, that was pretty good. Like copy paste the URL into a, a document of like inspirational videos and, you know, have those as a reference point. And then, you know, when you're going to create some stuff, go back, find some similar ones and go, oh yeah, I like how they set up their background. Or I like how they framed the two people in the interview and how they added a visual border to it or whatever it happens to be, right? So I totally agree. Take notes on those things. Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Don't feel like you're stealing other people's ideas. Uh, that's perfectly fine, right? We learn from each other and, um, and, and yeah, I, I totally agree. Tyler, who do you think you, you would recommend people to follow from the video content creation perspective or from the marketing in general perspective? Could be individuals, could be companies. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of, of folks that, that I really appreciate that I follow um, that help, I think, a lot of people that trying to get going with video. They're not like producers themselves. They're like marketing and salespeople who have now done a lot with video. Um, one of those is a gentleman named George B. Thomas. Uh, he works at a company called Impulse Creative, and he's actually uh, an inbound and video evangelist there now. Uh, he's an inbound marketing guru, does a lot in the HubSpot community. But he, um, like we're talking about, just went through the last couple of years of saying, you know what, I'm going to do video. 
and he's learned so much along the way. He's actually the one who recommended Ecamm Live to me. Mm. Um, I've learned a lot from him. So he's a great guy to follow. You can follow him on LinkedIn, another way, George B. Thomas. Um, another one is Marcus Sheridan. And Marcus Sheridan is one of the um, uh, co-owners of an agency called uh, Impact. And he's another one, same story, story a little bit, but he came from the sales side. And uh, he's been kind of a sales guru for a long time. And he started to realize how important using video was in his sales processes. And again, he learned a lot along the way. And he actually has a team now that does video consulting services for marketing and sales teams. And they share an incredible amount. Um, so that's Marcus Sheridan. And actually the, the organization is Impact BND. Um, so find them out there. Um, they also, the Impact team runs a great video show and podcast called Film School for Marketers, which is kind of like, a, again, an entry level um, set of content and, and shows about how to get going with video. So um, we'll look at all of the show notes. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Those are a few that I would recommend. Mm, interesting. Uh, Tyler, where's uh, everybody can find you online? And, uh, yeah, and, so and, and a few words about the event. <laughs> yeah, so uh, myself, please connect with me on LinkedIn against uh, Tyler Lussard, L-E-S-S-A-R-D, at Vidyard, and I share a lot of content there, but connect with me, um, that would be great. Um, you can learn more about Vidyard, our video hosting management tools, as well as uh, we have our free tool that makes it easy to record and send custom videos. Have at it, um, vidyard.com, and vidyard.com slash free to just sign up and get going. And then finally, yeah, check out our Fast forward uh, virtual event. If you are catching this episode before it airs, it's on October 7th, 2020. If you're catching this episode after that, um, you know, search for it and find it on demand. Uh, but to, uh, to get there, it's vidyard.com slash fast dash forward dash sales. And it's all things using video in the sales process and adapting to a virtual sales environment. So lots of good stuff there. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see a few of you out. Amazing. Any final message to the audience or things we have missed, something I haven't asked you that you, I, you wish I did? Uh, I think we, we covered a lot of great ground here. I think my, my final words are, you know, for those of you listening, whether you're a marketer, you know, a business owner, a seller, an agency, um, I, again, I firmly believe and I see it all the time that there's more and more of a role that video can play in, in what you do and how you do your job, how your teams communicate. You know, we talked a lot about video and marketing, you know, again, sales reps can record and send videos, use video calls, all that great stuff. But even within your own business, we all know we're on Zoom calls and WebExes all the time, but there are lots of ways in which you can record and share videos with your teams, walk through presentations, send them to be watched offline. All those kinds of things are happening. So, you know, just get knowledgeable with what's going on out there. Try some things out and uh, see how it can impact your own role in addition to how you run your business. Amazing. Tyler, it was a great having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your insights. All right. Thanks, Sergey. My pleasure.